0: Hi, this is Eric Y. Chen, host of the Y Factor podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, and individuals on how they got started in their business. I take a deep dive to understand their journey through life, uncovering their purpose, and most importantly, discussing their whys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. everybody. This is Eric Y-Chan, host of The Y Factor. Thank you guys so much for tuning in Uh, today. I have two special guests uh, here on the show today. I have Tim Palladino and Austin Distel, who have launched a Kickstarter product. And before I go any further, I would love for them to introduce themselves and really what this entire Kickstarter project is about for you guys.
1: Yeah, so I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, My name is Tim Palladino, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, uh, recent seven-figure exit, uh, recent uh, author. I'm just finishing up my first book and uh, proud partner of Austin Distle. Yeah. Uh, my name is Austin Distle, CMO at a
2: software company called Proof, where uh, we now have been in business for about three years, went through a uh, accelerator called Y Combinator, uh, raised a couple million in Silicon Valley, classic like living, seven guys in a house coding every day. Um, and uh, now today we live in Austin, Texas, and uh, we're good friends yeah. and uh, decided to turn a a silly game that we play at the bars into a Kickstarter game for entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. So what is the uh, the Kickstarter uh, and the product that that you guys started? What is it called? What's what is it about?
1: Right. So it's called Pitch Deck. It's the party game for entrepreneurs. And it basically it bridges the gap between the duality of the entrepreneurs' life and their family life with their family, friends, coworkers. You know, sometimes our families or friends or coworkers don't really understand what we do and why we get so excited about our creative endeavors. And this is a really good way to like kind of bond us and bring us all together. So I would say like the foundation of this is community and a creative expression. And from a gameplay standpoint,
2: uh, many have related it to apples to apples meet shark tank. Yeah. And so the concept is that you pitch hilarious business ideas to your friends and some are funny, some are fundable and you get rewarded for both. So, uh, we used to, you know, kind of just screw around at the bar and, you know, after two IPAs in, we have some hilarious ideas mm-hmm. where we are, uh, in fact, we have a, a trend of buying ridiculous domain names when we get drunk. <laughs> <Truth>. <laughs> we own, Truth. There, there's some really good ones. Maybe we'll yeah. know people later in the episode, but, uh, yeah. this has been, yeah, just something fun that our friend group has kind of already done. we're like, yeah. what if this could be a game that anyone could play? And eventually, uh, after, you know, the next morning, I think uh, it was 4th of July, we were playing, uh, and this one idea called Stable Table come up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're like, this is freaking hilarious. Everybody at the table is cracking up. And then the next day, we're like, guys, this should absolutely be a game. Yeah. And we started going over the game mechanics and, like, understanding the market. And we started doing tests for, like, two months this summer, uh, different gameplays. We can get into a little bit of that story—it's really interesting, actually, the way that we've approached product development. But uh, it's gone from being this fun hobby we play with friends to an actual funded Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. yeah.
0: So before we get into the business, I mean, some people they get drunk and they just buy random stuff on Amazon. <laughs> right? You guys get drunk and decide to come up with a business idea and just go buy a bunch of domains and then see if something comes to fruition, right? I mean, yeah. That's—I was just having a conversation with with this IT guy, and he's just. He was talking about like how many domains he, he's purchased and like, that's just what he does, what he likes to do. And it's like, it's very interesting because, you know, I, I was just working corporate before I jumped to entrepreneurship. Didn't realize that that was even a thing where people just like trying to collect all these domains. Some are worth a lot of money. Some are not. Some, some people are sitting on some crazy domain names that could be generating a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't know what to do with it. Right. So, I mean, you guys just decided to go in, um, I guess what, it's only been a few months. So I know when, when I talked to Tim about this, he had, he was super excited and it's just from concept to idea to launching just super, super fast. Right? So yeah. what is it that you guys did, um, to really just that get that spark going, right? Like you guys were sitting down, like, okay, let's, let's try to get this proof of concept, um, going, like what really started it? Right. Cause for a lot of people out there who are just trying to come up with a business idea or a project, you know, I'm sure a lot of people who listen, they, they have a lot of good ideas and they just start talking with their friends. And at that point, they may get to, you know, a few conversations and then decide like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just put it on the back burner or something and life comes up um, and then they just forget about it. Right. And that's where ideas just go die. So like, how did you guys keep the momentum going uh, to get this even even started?
1: Yeah, well, I will take this one. So I think what really um, allowed it to, to have legs and a foundation is that we both have our successes separately, but we had a friendship together. Mm-hmm. And the exact same reason that we're building this for people is the exact same reason that we could have, bu- we built it so fast with each other because it was fun. It was exciting. We were able to express ourselves creatively um, and really act as, um, uh, um, how should I say, uh scaffolding for each other as we're building this because we both have separate talents plus our, our third partner darby rollins we all have separate talents and it was super enjoyable like did people talk about the journey this was one of the first businesses that i actually started with the journey was way more excited than getting funded in 12 hours on Kickstarter. <laughs> it was a really awesome 60 days i just moved to a new city um and meeting all what are we would be 60 entrepreneurs we we tested this with getting to meet all these excellent people that we're now super bonded with. I, I think that's what made it so easy to, to have this business flourish the way it did. Yeah.
2: As Tim said, we, we have our own things going on outside of pitch deck. So the interesting thing is we look at this business is not one that we need it to be an income generator yet. Mm-hmm. Right. This is something that we thought, Hey, let's spend our nights and weekends together as friends building a project together. And and I'll be honest as a kid entrepreneur when i was you know starting my first companies as a child uh companies is a very loose word i was just going <laughs> lawns and selling lemonade and doing things like that little hustles but yeah at the end of the day it was like i never felt understood by my other friends who wanted to go and work at publics and wanted to go like just do a normal path and i never related to that i've never had a real job i've never really felt like that was my path yet 99 of the world has and does mm-hmm. so i've always wanted a friend group that i could co-create things with but it very often felt and it was uh, a dichotomy in my life between work and play and i had my school i had my businesses i had just like this like hustle mentality from nine to five and then actually way later than that but then at you know night we go and party with my friends and i couldn't really merge those two worlds together. Yep. You know, my mom thinks I just do computers, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And, <laughs> you know, and uh, nobody in, when I went to University of Georgia, nobody understood, you know, they just wanted to go to the SEC games. And uh, I had my friends, you know, on a Tuesday night, they'd be, you know, up till 2am partying as I was trying to do my webinars. Yeah. You know? And like, it was just, it was just a really tough, separation. Um, you know, the girls that I would date, like never really understood. And they'd constantly close my computer and let's watch Netflix. I'm like, no, I don't want to watch Netflix. (laughs) Like I got dreams here. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, it was until I moved here to Austin, Texas, the Mecca of entrepreneurship right now, where started to curate this friend group where everybody is super hustling at the same time as they're like balancing, you know, Play and going to music and getting, you know, beers during a happy hour and then doing another three hour session at night from like six to 9 p.m. of more work. And like we all work here in my office together all the time on the weekends. Like it's just this mentality that we work together, we play together, we really just live a singular life. In the past, it was not singular. In the past, it was this dichotomy. And so I think. Pitch Deck is just a reflection of where we are right now, uh, where the method, the, I should say, the ethos mm-hmm. of Pitch Deck is be both funny and fundable. And really what that means is play and hustle. Yeah. And that's what we've done with our friend group. Yeah. We play and we hustle. And for the first time ever, my friends and girls I date that normally uh, would never really understand me, when they play this game with me, they see some version this light of me that they've never really would have seen outside the game. And I think M can be a testament to that a hundred
1: percent. And what's on the other side too, you know, some of the people that we introduced this game to that aren't entrepreneurs, they see a light in themselves mm. when they're able to express themselves creatively because, mm-hmm. you know, this is a party game for entrepreneurs, but it's not necessarily for entrepreneurs. You know, this is from young kids to build the confidence and creativity to anybody so when we play with a lot of our friends, that they get a little bit nervous because, oh, you guys are entrepreneurs. This is a practice skill. Oh, yeah.
0: Them. You guys are going to be experts. So You guys yeah, are just exactly. going to win. You're like, oh, no, yeah. it's, it's not really like that. It's just being able to be creative and, and having fun
1: all at the same time, right? And I'll be honest. I've gotten my ass kicked by non-entrepreneurs in this game. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And yeah. that's one of the beauties yeah. of the funny and fundable. You know, it's a real balanced game because um, – it, one, it's a really cool mechanic because you can go any way, so it adds to the to the the, the variability of what you can offer creatively. Um, but it also allows everybody to play on an equal playing field.
0: Yeah. And it just goes to show, like, it's not about just, like, sitting at home with your family and just to watch Shark Tank. Now you can actually, you know, participate in coming up with ideas because – I mean, all, the three of us sitting in this room, we're always, you know, working on different projects, coming up with different ideas. I mean, me and you, Tim, we've already come up with the, a few projects that we tried working together. And that's why the question you know, that came up was like, well, okay, technically, none of them really like, you know, moved forward. So like, what was the difference? Right. But just being able to have that community and group, I think a lot of people who yeah. want to just, you know, jump into even, you know, exploring the entrepreneurship world, this just goes to show like, there is an opportunity to have that fine balance, right. And and I think, you know, two years ago when I started this journey, it was about uh, finding a community of like-minded people who yeah. you can also be, be friends with and having that fun, right? And I, I can kind of tell, you know, at this stage of my life, the separation of friends who don't understand, you know, what I do or the lifestyle or me, you know, not going clubbing with them for their birthdays or something like, I'll take you guys out to dinner, but I'm not going to go out and, you know, be super hungover the next day and, and be unproductive, right? Um, but I mean, it's just, it's really cool to see, you know, something like this come together and you guys being able to bridge a gap like this. And I can just see like a family who wants to teach their kids entrepreneurship, um, that this could be a great exercise for them to even come up with ideas and just seeing how, how this entire world works to you. Right. So it's, it's super exciting idea. I mean, once, when you pitched to me, I was like, Oh, that's a really neat idea. I wish I was part of it, but it's a little hard since I'm not an Austin or I'm pretty sure I would have fought my way into, to getting a share of that too, but, um, I just backed it. So I'll still get a piece of the fun yeah, sure. anyways. Right. Yeah. Um, so I know Austin, you talked about, um, kind of going through this entire journey. I think this is what your guys is first <coughs> Kickstarter project. Yep. Um, you guys have yeah. ever done. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, we, we work on Kickstarter projects all the time with clients. So like for you guys, just being completely fresh, just jumping straight into it. Like, what was that? Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, you know, if they're looking to, to start a business, Kickstarter is always a route that they'll probably explore. Um, so what was it like for you guys to decide, yeah, let's do a Kickstarter. Let's try to figure out how it works. And let me, let's make sure, you know, as you know, business people that you guys go through the motions to make sure this is uh, an actual product or idea that you guys can bring to life.
1: Yeah. The first two things that I, I want to say is when I approach something and I think something's a good idea it's never a good idea unless it's compared to something else. Right. So it's like, is this good? Well, compared to this, let's find out. So you have to compare it to other options, funding, putting things uh, like uh, traditional funding, I should say, bank loans, uh, VC, like all these different things. We had to kind of compare them. And then once we realized that this was the most appropriate and, uh, method because of you know the social dynamics that are involved in Kickstarter campaigns and how they work and how this is a social game, um, I think that lent us uh, for this to make more sense. And then we just triage what is most important to us as a company to face our, our community and face our people. So this is a more fun way to really express what's going on. You know, it gives us a really nice wide 30, 30 31 day range to celebrate with everybody that's happening. So I think that was one of the main reasons that we chose, we chose this direction.
2: Yeah. And that's certainly the reason for the community aspect and the marketing of it. It's great to have a launch dependent, you know, where you have some scarcity. It's only for 30 days. You know, you want to be in early, you have this early adoption mentality. Uh, and you know, there's traffic that comes directly through Kickstarter and there's like other channels that happen. You can get affiliates rallying around it and press wants to talk about new inventions. So there is certainly a lot of novelty to being on Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. uh, on a more, pragmatic scale, uh, we can look at like, we can actually fund this business without, uh, bank loans that, you know, you'll pay interest rates on or having to give up equity, uh, to angels or VCs, uh, and not pulling it out of our savings account or having to liquidate other of our assets. Really what this comes down to is we're funding the business with pre-sales. And so, you know, you can imagine that China has a pretty large minimum order, uh, for, you know, Buying a printed, manufactured game that has many pieces and it's intricate, right? So, how do we afford to buy sixty to eighty thousand dollars worth of inventory to supply not only the Kickstarter but also to make sure that our holiday season goes well and we enter two thousand twenty with uh, an inventory? Mm-hmm. Now, that could have come out of our pockets, you mm-hmm. know, but I'd rather have the market validate. That this is a good idea rather than us putting the liability into yeah. shelfing this and uh, and then it just being sitting in inventory in, in a warehouse somewhere collecting dust. You know, we don't we don't know if anything is good. We have assumptions that it is. Yeah. But we need the market to prove with their dollars and vote. Yeah, I like your idea and this sounds exciting. And so far they have. We got yeah. fully funded in 12 hours. Uh, it's now been, I think we're on day four of the Kickstarter Yes, and, uh, already surpassed 10,000 in funding. Uh, so it's, it's climbing up. It's People seem to like it. Right direction. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I will say the game is very different from the one that we wrote on a napkin at the bar. <laughs> uh, we had assumptions. We test those assumptions. We get feedback yeah. and we plan, do and review the iterations of the game. And we even A-B tested it, and that's a, a mm-hmm. conversation in itself.
0: Yeah, did you guys, uh, I don't remember seeing it on the Kickstarter itself. Did you guys post a picture
2: of the napkin or at least like concepts of the, the start of the, yeah, the idea? Yeah, I actually have a uh, framed in my room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it is the most pure version of product creation. It's a framed mm-hmm. picture of my very first uh, idea of what the directions of mm-hmm. the game should be and scribbled all over these directions Just
1: scratched out yeah literally yeah, yeah.
2: scratched out scribbled on little notes in the margins all of these things that we were testing during our first uh like play test we're yeah. here at my office we had uh we've done this several times but in, in total we've had about 60 entrepreneurs uh play different versions of the game different social dynamics different ways to win different cards different like just so many different variables and, uh, testing to make sure, is this what you like? Is this actually how the game should be played? And, uh, this is what I do in software. how we do product development. We have, you know, now over 20,000 sites that use our software company, you know, software product proof. And it didn't come from us having assumptions and then saying, Hey, do you like this? And, you know, we just spent four months on building a feature that there's crickets for. It. No, that's not how we build software mm-hmm. products. That's very expensive if you pay developers. No, what we do is we test wireframes and we, you know, do beta tests and then we, you know, alpha test and beta test. then we, you know, go to market with a soft launch and we, you know, see if people like that respond, iterate, plan, do, and review.
0: Yeah, it's almost it's almost like the the same thing as uh, if I wanted to you know try to create a granola bar, right? You're not going to just go out and just start making your own recipe and then just like pitch into you know Whole Foods or something, right? And then yeah, maybe you're lucky enough to get a deal, but then all of a sudden no one knows about it, no one no one ends up liking it. But rather you want to you know share with your friends and family and then just be able to make sure you're testing that recipe over and over again until there's a widely adopted market before you even, you know, go in.
2: Yeah. Eric, you nailed it on the head. I actually use this a lot with recipes. Let's say that, you know, for the analogy of it that you want to become the best wedding cake designer in the world. Yeah. Your wedding cake is so good that every bride must have your wedding cake. Well, it doesn't start with the wedding cake. It actually probably starts with the cupcake and you have to nail that really well, the smallest version that represents what it could be one day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you don't want to spend all of this time creating, you know, getting all of the raw materials and then buying the kitchen, hiring the staff, doing all of that to create a wedding cake that when you go to market, you think that everybody likes this new carrot wedding cake that you bought. (laughs) You're like, no, that's disgusting. And In fact, this frosting is a little too hard and you didn't get the colors right and all of these things, the packaging of it, the taste of it. So before making the biggest version that you can, make the smallest version, make the cupcake version of whatever that is. And in SAS we call that the MVP, mm-hmm. the Minimal Viable Product. And from there, once you get a couple people to pay for your cupcake, then you make the birthday cake, the little bit larger version of that. Yeah. And you go to a larger market, you try and test a couple more channels, you test different audiences to see, hey, who's actually the, the right buyer for this product? And we call that product market fit. So if you look at, yes, you might have the right product, but the wrong market. Or you might have the wrong market, but the right product, right? So there's two sides to every marketplace, whether or not you're actually a marketplace. And you must test both. Yeah. By the time that you nail the product, and the market, it's time to scale. And literally that now means that you're able to make your wedding cake.
0: Yeah. Okay, guys, you guys just basically uh, launched a, a wedding cake company right there.
2: Right? <laughs> so I know it's a it's, it's, framework. It's, <laughs> we know how to get there. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's you hilarious. You that same framework to anything in your life. I'll be honest, you can do this for birthday gifts. (laughs) You can do this for companies. You can do this for travel. You can do this same concept, but make the minimum viable product. We call this the 80-20 principle, Pareto's principle. What's the 20% that makes the 80% of the results and begin there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For those people who are listening, I mean, Austin, you can tell he's definitely had a little bit of Silicon Valley uh, in him with the verbiage that we definitely use out here. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, they, I think they get overwhelmed with needing to have a grand idea and just making sure everything's perfect. But like you said, you just have to start small and just start somewhere. And then going through that framework that Austin just, you know, went through, those are all good tips that, you know, if you guys are trying to come up with a business idea, like that's really the way to go. And it can apply to anything in your life.
1: Yeah. And I would like to add one more thing. Never underestimate the beauty of each ingredient. You know, there was a couple things in this game during the process that I didn't think were a good idea because of what I had a preconceived notion on. And they had a different idea. And then when I actually saw it in play, I only saw it when we were having the conversation, I saw it as the ingredient, but I didn't see it mixed with the rest to become the whole. Yeah. And then Weird. once I saw it as the whole, I was like, okay, now it makes sense.
0: Where you're like, now only super serious sense. business ideas, only
2: allowed. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> there's been,
2: you know, finding out how to win a game is like the most important because mm-hmm. if, if there's no destination, then they have very little incentives to continue playing. Yeah. Um, and so you have to give them a finish line and uncovering in game mechanics what that finish line is, is actually pretty difficult mm-hmm. uh, in a way that, entrepreneurs and their friends, family, coworkers, anybody else playing the game that's maybe not directly identified as an entrepreneur. How do you give them, uh, you know, the right track to maybe win this game, Mm -hmm. uh, and and maybe even weigh in their favor that like the girlfriend, you know, who isn't an entrepreneur, but kind of puts up with her boyfriend (laughs) can actually (laughs) kick his ass. That's cool. Uh, and so, you know, I'll give you an example here. We used to come up with a point system where, like, you know, how funny on it was a scale of one to ten, and then how fundable was it on a scale of one to ten, and then you add those two together. And so out of twenty, you know, you now had a proxy, and you could figure out, hey, if Tim's, you know, idea was a fourteen and mine was a sixteen, then I'll win. But you know, if it just switches out, like, there's a lot of problems with that kind of game mechanic that we came to find out Seems is you kind logical. of water down both. Because it's the addition of two things. So you get you want to get a level seven and a seven instead of being hilarious number 10, but like a two on the fundable or super fundable, but so serious that it's not funny. You can't ever win the game with that kind yeah. of dynamic. So with that in mind and you know, adding, you know, what as soon as you start to add math to it, you have to have a scorecard and then you have to have pencils. And so like actually simplicity, while it's the hardest thing. It's actually like you can make a game cheaper and more fun by removing stuff. So very often, um, this is actually a life principle, removing things. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: One of the most effective things that you can do. And so now the game mechanic is you have two cards, a funny card and a fundable card that the investor says, well, entrepreneur, your idea was the most funny. So you get a point, but yo, your idea was the most fundable. You get a point. And so, or... In the best case scenario, you get the funny and fundable card. You just got double points and the first of five of either card or a combination of cards wins the game. And we found that that simplicity awards all people in the game. And it has just like, that is that one ingredient completely changed the social dynamics of the game. Yeah.
1: Connectivity of the players is the most valuable game mechanic that we have in this game. And, and, Full circle, right? That's community. That's bonding. That's how you bridge these gaps between who you think your friend with is and who they really are when they play these games with you.
0: Um, yeah, because you, you basically get like a, a sneak peek into their mind if like they are just in, in the seat to be an investor. Like, are they a, a really good investor? Like, oh yeah, they know that's a good idea or they just don't care and they just want to you know have a, they like the funny idea, like what's gonna resonate more with that person? Right. So, I mean, you guys basically talked about like testing everything, right? And I know you, you kind of hit it on, um, or mentioned it about AB testing, right? Mm -hmm. what are other examples that you guys had to go through in order to just AB test this entire, uh, game?
1: Yeah. So we did it with, um, a a bunch of different groups. We did it with, uh, entrepreneurs. We did it with, um, uh, non-entrepreneurs, you know, f- family, friends, uh, loved ones of entrepreneurs. Other things we did was the point system that Austin was just talking about. Um, the timer, like how long do we give someone? Like when does it become obnoxious? <laughs> when does it become boring? Because <laughs> yep. we have to, you have to keep a pace, right? You yep. have to keep a natural rhythm that, and what is a natural rhythm, right? So we had a kind of, we did 30 seconds. We did two minutes. We did, I think we did at least one minute. And then a couple twice, and then when you're coming up with the idea, how long do you have versus how long do you have to pitch? And then yeah. are you allowed to ask questions? You know, and it's like what kind of questions, because questions can lead on forever. And so it was all these little different things that we had a we had, at most points we had a game playing in one side, and then I was running a game in the other side, and we were running back and forth between each other, <laughs> saying, "Hey, what? How does your timer working?" And hey. So one of, my, one of the most interesting ones to me is and I thought this would oh, this goes to show how little you actually know until you prove something out is the die, the die that we use, we use we use We start with a six-sided die and I'm like plenty works perfectly. And then we added a 12-sided die with more industries and more um, uh, options for investors' choice as the industry uh, number. And that right there made it so, so much more fun, because it was so much more wild of an option that yeah. could happen. And I just didn't expect that to be the case, but the 12 unanimously won out. Unanimously won out, because there was more and more particular different things, and it was a variability that was necessary.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, Austin, you just whipped out uh, some of the components of the game on video. Yeah. and. You know, unfortunately, for those who are listening to this as a podcast, uh, I'll probably try to get a snippet of this later on. But um, are you going to just kind of walk through or just showcasing the the ingredients that you guys...
2: Sure. Got. So we can walk through the current gameplay. Um, this here is the first edition of our soon-to-come influencer pack. We call it the Heroes Deck. Uh, mm-hmm. We we thought a, a really cool... So the, 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 the very first version is just... Business names that Tim Darby and I have come up with where uh, this one here, for example is photo Fizz. All right, and then we roll the industry dice. It's a 12-sided die uh, And so if it rolls on a two that's tech and apps so you now have to pitch photo Fizz. Tim photo Fizz, It's a tech and app company <laughs> You now have one minute to think about your idea I have my investor notepad that I can take notes as he pitches his idea. And uh, Tim, since Tim. Since Tim is an expert
0: entrepreneur, we're going to give him only like 10 seconds to come up with the idea so the audience doesn't have to wait for That's a, one right. minute.
1: You don't want to wait two minutes. We can do like a, like a montage. So <laughs> photo Fizz Tech and Apps. So PhotoFizz in Tech and Apps is a way that you can uh, take a photo with your cell phone and then automatically put it to a, um, let's see, Okay, it's a, you take a photo with your cell phone, then you upload it to a company that then sends you a tablet that you put into a tub of water that displays the photo of the landscape that you took a picture of. Mm. I'm thinking, I think this is actually, Fizz
2: is, uh, it's a little camera that you can put in the bottom of your drinking get that really cool, uh, you know, GoPro view mm-hmm. where you're chugging beer and it's just like going straight down into your mouth and that's photo <laughs> fit, right? Oh man, <laughs> I think you're going to have to
0: put like a light so you can capture it in the mouth. I'm going to take a stab at it just, uh, Please. at it as well. I mean, the, the idea would be to have, take a picture of your photo and then you send it to the company, they'll upload it and send you a soda fizz with that picture around the label. Perfect. That'd be my idea.
2: <laughs> yep. Love it. Cool. Right, it'd be good for birthdays,
1: holidays, you name it, weddings.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so that's in short what the game is. Yeah. And, and you award that now with the most funny and the fundable card, first to five wins. We'll
0: leave it to the audience to uh, to decide who who they thought was the most funny And what was the most fundable? I think mine is most fundable. So, um, yeah, so there you guys have, I mean, that's, that's the idea of the game. Very simple. I think it's a rotation of, uh, the investors, right. Who get to give out the points. I mean, that's, it's such a great and neat concept when I, when I heard it. Um, and it's super cool to have you guys as entrepreneurs who've just been growing different types of businesses, who've come from different walks of life to then come together and come up with such a neat idea, um, to give out to the community. Um, I mean, a a lot of the the people that, uh, who I believe are my audience are just, you know, people who are still either working, um, you know, their nine to five jobs, maybe they're, they're thinking about, you know, just not even becoming full on entrepreneurs, but, you know, even creating a side hustle. I mean, something like this, like you guys, you guys are all working your own full-time jobs or running your own business. Um, I mean, how long did it really take you guys? Um, you know, the extra hours to even, you know, work on this. And I mean, from, from my perspective, doing something like this with a bunch of friends just doesn't even become a matter of like it being a time consuming thing and it being a very stressful uh, project. It just becomes something fun, right? Mm-hmm. So how, how long, how would you say like it takes you guys or what it, what it took you guys to, um, you know, put a lot of effort and resources into this, especially for someone who wants to start their own business or their own side hustle or side project?
1: Yeah. So it was a lot of nights and weekends. It was definitely all the time wasn't together, you know, separate and then presenting it to each other. But it's a different qualification of time. You know, you, you could be doing, you could be watching opera or you could be going to see another rad movie. You know what I'm saying? Like to- totally different things. One I would way prefer doing, but you know, at the time still ticks the same way. So it it the weight of the work, if you will, that we put into this, even though it was, about six weeks, you know, solid of weekends and working just about every night was a lot lighter of a workload because it was able to do it with a big smile, to be honest. <laughs> and
2: I can't stress how important it is to find a co founder, at least mm-hmm. one. So uh, I went through Y Combinator, and only about one in 5,000 companies that apply get into YC. And out of them, 95%. Have at least one co-founder, if not more, and so proof. There's three co-founders uh, here at Pitch Deck. There's three of us, and I, I think that there's so much value that is way more worth the equity that you would give up, you know, in thirds or whatever it is, uh, because of several things. So first, you're splitting time. Mm-hmm. That's of course helpful, right? Like you're you're able to still have a life and actually move. A, like it's not just three times faster with three co-founders. It's, exponential. It, it's actually exponential. Yeah. It is synergetic. Um, the reason why that is, is because we each have our own unique skill sets and experience. We bring to the table connections and other things that are kind of a, a backdoor hack, right? Mm-hmm. Like marketing is my life. Uh, I've been doing it for a long time. I know Tim has a very different background in
1: procurement and being
2: able to, you know, well, he's yeah, or, yeah,
1: organize things, be able to, to kind of like reverse engineer them. Um, and yeah, a lot with like software and stuff like that. And we did automations for homes, ran construction companies. Uh, I was in the gold and silver business. I did had a reverse e-commerce business. So I have a, a lot of these little silly skills that I've acquired from there. And the combination of all those working together to be able to kind of complement and implement my understandings on certain things when we, we go through this and there, there's a, the classic adage that you'll hear in the very early days
2: of entrepreneurship that your network is your net worth mm-hmm. and by having co-founders you've tripled your network mm-hmm. therefore your net worth is tripled as well yeah if not more the, you know i bring a lot of uh connections from the internet marketing world and the is uh, silicon valley world mm-hmm. where Tim has the maverick scene and the author scene and other scenes. Darby uh, is deep in the e commerce world, uh, the Amazon and the Shopify world. And so, not only is that like our friendship network, that's also our consult, like consultations. And, Mm -hmm. you know, right now uh, I have here the very first time anybody's heard of that, of this outside of our little test group. I have our heroes deck. And so, uh, not all of these are confirmed yet but here we have 50, it's an expansion pack of 50 cards that are submitted by famous entrepreneurs. I have here um, Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Nice. I have Sarah Blakely of Spanks. I have Tim Ferriss, author and you know, big entrepreneur. Uh, Rob Dial and many others here in the deck that have submitted names to the deck that will be played. You know, uh, here, Tim Ferriss, and by the way, this is not confirmed yet. We're still in conversation, working things out. But Tim Ferriss, Titan. Uh, So now you have to pitch Titan, the food and beverage, right? So this is pretty interesting, getting, you know, 50. People have had huge impact in the world, like uh, the global pop culture of entrepreneurship through their books, through their businesses, through their media, And, uh, you know, having them contribute, getting to these people was not easy. No, I bet. (laughs) But with three times the network, it has, it is way easier. And, um, you know, I I would say there's just so much value in having a co-founder for the, also for the vetting of ideas. You know, uh, if I went alone into this business, the game would not be as good. The branding would not be as good. The, everything would just not be as good because there was no bouncing it off of other people. And just to have the ideas spin, take us to another level. And it also filters out some
1: of the crap ideas. <laughs> well, so one point that I want to make on top of that, working with a, uh, a group of other intelligent, invigorated entrepreneurs versus doing it yourself, doing it yourself, you will get things done. But they will never be finished, and the difference between the two is is light years. And I I think it's an, it's an exponential increase in the the possibilities of what you're creating and what you're putting your effort into. You know, a lot of people when they're when they're pulling on partners are saying, "Oh no, that's a division in my stock." Absolutely not. That is an increase. That is a force multiplier to have these people to 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 watch your swing. You know, we're each batting coaches to each other. We're, we're all correcting each other a degree, so we can hit things more accurately and with with unbelievable precision. And that's the reason we can move so fast. So without the force multiplier of of honest and authentic uh, partners, you, you can't move this fast, and you won't be able yeah. to hit to the absolute the absolute
2: peaks. I mean, from a headline perspective, how did we go from you know idea at a bar to 100% funded on Kickstarter in 72 days. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's insane. Yeah, right? Absolutely. It would have taken me personally a year to do that where it literally took 72 days for me and two friends to do this together.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Would you say that three is the, the perfect number or you think even two is fine? Uh, having a co-founder and a split of opportunity just based on, I mean, it sounds like three's your favorite number <laughs> to launch a business.
2: I like three, I like three a lot because you have, um, when you have delegation and deliberation on, you know, what should happen next and priorities and all this stuff, you have a third party perspective Mm -hmm. that out is watching and listening to the conversation at the table and is able to see points of view and then recognize, okay, where is egos getting the way? where is, you know, missed opportunity being oversought is, you know, it's an oversight of one person. Maybe they're bringing something unique to the table. Maybe they have a third perspective that's a medium between the two other perspectives. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, between Tim, Darby and I, like we have, sometimes we agree and often we don't agree, but it's from total and, you know, absolute respect for each other. And we often look to the third to say, well, you know, what's your opinion and and what do you, what's you, a unique perspective that you bring to, you know, this conversation. And so to have that like last say, instead of it's like me versus you, it's like, no, okay, we're going to do a two to three. And then we also have a heavier weight on things that we are individually experts on. Mm -hmm. So for example, like when it comes to branding, you know, my, my opinion will be weighted a little bit more when it comes to, uh, you know, procurement and, you know, getting uh, supply chain management, that's not my area of expertise. And so I lean heavy on Tim and Darby's perspective and, you know, I'll give my input, but it's not, it's not as strongly suited. So just having these weighted differences certainly helps create a better product in the end. Yeah. But Absolutely. On top of
1: that, so what's really cool about having, being a non-expert and having a partner is there is a, a, the golden nugget of the novice question is someone asks you something from an angle that you can't even see anymore because you're so elbows deep in something and you are the expert. So when they ask you that question, it, it reframes how you're looking at things and giving you this observer uh, benefit. So, I think that's also another one. Um, but I would also say if there are people out there that have 50 50 uh, partnerships and they're like, you know, we don't really want to take on a third one, I would explore taking the option of getting counsel for 2%, 59 59, and then have, I'm sorry, four, yeah, my math. <laughs> Let's try that again 49 49 with a 2% split. You know, so therefore, you, you're, you're getting the, the, uh, the intellectual uh, uh, benefit. Of a third party, and they're allowing you for, to stop being the, the the participant and more act as the observer in the conversation for any tiebreaker. So there's not attention because yeah. you know, when you're building a business, there it's tense times sometimes, and you want to be. And I think that's what's what's why the love is still great in, in all of our relationships is because it's not one versus one. You know, there's there's a there's a synergy that we're all b- bouncing off of each other and and going up.
0: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be your fourth guy for that extra 18%. You, you just calculated. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it sounds like, uh, you know, partnerships are, are the way to go. Right. And uh, having a co-founder, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they always talk about just having a nightmare, uh, you know, business or partnership falling out, just things going awry just because, you know, delegation and tasks just aren't met or over time, there's just you know, a lack of respect, you know, just, just happen sometimes, right? Have you guys experienced that before in your lifetime? And what did you guys do to, um, you know, either help prevent that or learn from that experience?
1: Um, I definitely have. Oh, I've definitely have. (laughs) Oh, I'm not gonna, I can't get into too many details out of respect for the other person. Um, but it's, it's never the people it's the agreement. That's the problem.
0: Like agreement on paper that you guys had discussed prior.
1: Yeah. Uh, and even if it's a handshake agreement, it's, as long as it's out there at the end of the day, you know, we all have ups, we all have downs, you know, we all want to be more capable than sometimes we are and we have to be compassionate when things don't go right. You know, we can't be angry with the other party because things don't go right and we have to approach them or they have to approach us. You know, if we're, if we're on the other end with, with a a layer of understanding and let's get to the other side of this, so I, the two things that I would say based on my hundreds of thousands of dollars lost based on poor agreements, <laughs> um, is that, uh, one, be compassionate two, be completely understanding and three, get to work with them to get to the other side. It doesn't matter who's right. Cause there is no right. There's my side, your side in the middle, you know, um, so that that's how I would uh, express my opinions on partnerships like that.
2: Yeah, and, and tactically, you can, and I, what I would recommend is is giving all founders a vesting schedule. Mm-hmm. So let's just say it's between three partners, 10% ownership up front with another 20%, you know, 21% uh, vested over the course of three years, right? Mm-hmm. So you end up at 33% and, you know, that's after, three years, you, of course you get money up front for being a founder Mm -hmm. and you know, you have equal say, equal vesting schedules and all of that at the end of a year, maybe one of you guys like has a, another product that launches and it crushes and you just don't have, it's an opportunity cost for, you know, you to be focused on this thing that you started with your friends. So at that point, is it fair to the other co-founders to, for you to leave and still have the same equal equity? Mm-hmm. You know what do you do in these kind of situations? And you know, it's we actually went into business knowing each other for only not long, not long. Met you in February. February, so it's right now three months maybe. Yeah, actually um, hanging
1: out.
2: Yeah, you know, maybe only a month or two before we actually started. And so, like, there is risk there. And the way that you can mitigate the risk is to you know keep each other on track with the vesting schedule and have the right expectations. So you know, we're of course in the midst of that, like we, we don't each own 33% yet. We will, it's kind of like a shadow equity, but you earn your way into the business. Uh, and you know, we figure it out. Like sometimes, uh, you know, one person will deliver more cash into the business and inject more cash than others. Some will work more than others. Some will supply other resources such as, you know, hiring or such as, you know, more tasks or whatever is on their plate. Right you know, you can bring your own version of what equity means to the business. Um, and so I would just say like, make sure that you protect yourself and equally protect your partners. Um, and it's all coming down to expectations.
1: That some, that Austin just said is super important is look out for them too. Yes. Because, you know, it goes right back to the participant and the observer. Sometimes I've been in, actually may have had with this partnership, but I've actually been in other partnerships where someone said they want something, but it was like, that's actually not good for you. And like, there was a conversation had, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. I can't remember if it was part of this, but with other things, it was like, oh, I never really even saw it that way. I just saw it the one way. So you have to be looking out for each other too, because that's your whole relationship. It's Mm -hmm. not just working with each other. It's working to make sure everybody's satisfied and going in the right direction for a purpose. Yeah, we got to look out for each other. I mean, it, it does boil down to kind of a tribe, right? We're, we're all here to make sure that we are all we all have um, a, a warm bed to sleep in, um, food in our belly and smiles in our faces. If, the, if you can't provide that as a partner, someone shouldn't be part of it. Mm-hmm. I think there's
2: power in the mindset that you enter a business with. So we came into this business with an abundance mindset mm-hmm. where we don't need to withdraw cash from the business. Mm-hmm. Um, if one of us three had to end up, you know, we let go or sold one of our other businesses, then, you know, we might need to start withdrawing some salary from the business. But currently we're not doing that. We're just reinvesting everything right back into the business, all revenue. And in fact, we we each put in five grand to just as play money to see what can we do with this thing from, you know, Kickstarter, we said kind of gave us, uh, what was it? Maybe six months or something like that to, you know, give ourselves like a a runway. Yeah. Yeah, Runway. Mm -hmm. And, um, at the end of the runway, we kind of like do a reflection and say, is this what we want? Is this
1: still fun? Is this still (laughs) whatever? Right. Yeah. There's lots of questions and it it doesn't hurt to ask those questions all the time. You know, I do in all my relationships, whether it be romantic business or friendship, I do check-ins what's going on, you know, what's happening. And it's never a wrong time to do it if you're thinking it and you're feeling it, might as well just have a little quick conversation about it. Yeah. And we are friends first. Yes. Yeah. We're business
2: partners. Yes. We'll make a lot of money together. Yes. We'll have long careers and it might continue through this or it might be that, Hey, I remember when we worked together on that one thing once upon a time. And <laughs> a decade yeah. later, you know, you start another thing. Like yep. just know that, you know, we're all young entrepreneurs. Yeah. We're going to be old entrepreneurs one day with many businesses under our belts. And, and, many of them won't work.
0: Yeah. yeah. Won't Tim, work. Tim faster than us, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think just understanding the expectations that, you know, make sure it's fun. Make sure that you enjoy the process because there is no destination. You always raise the bar. You know, it's like yesterday we hit 10 K on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. We celebrate for one night and today it's okay. What's the next bar. Yeah. And that happens always. This is not just this business. This is coming from a seven figure exit. Now, what do you do? You have an eight figure exit? That's the only way to top it? Like, no, like (laughs) you have to make sure that the journey is enjoyable because Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship isn't a flag. It's not a finish line. It is only a way of life. And so, if you live your life just dreading the moment and you're pushing it back one day so that hopefully you have a payday, you know, those golden handcuffs aren't fun to be in.
0: Yeah. Very well said. Absolutely well said. I mean, a lot of people who are listening out there, I mean, both Tim and Austin have covered so much about just launching a business in general, having the framework around it, having the mindset, uh, especially with working with a partner, or co-founders, even new partners as well. right? And it's always absolutely amazing to see. I can tell by the energy and the synergy that you guys have uh, working together already and hopefully being able to see this, you know, in thousands and thousands of households uh, across America, right? And maybe hopefully in the shelves of a, a target, for instance, next to all the, the big name uh, board games. Um, what's, uh, you know, one thing you, you would like to share? Um, or actually, before we sign off, if I remember correctly on the Kickstarter, there's a like a $10 buy-in that what would allow people to come up with something in Pitch Deck 2, am I correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for a $10 backing, you uh, get to submit your own business names that we have to obviously take into consideration because it has to fit brand guidelines and all um, and be clean for anywhere from kids to coworkers. Um, But you can have an opportunity to get your name that you submitted into uh, either uh, the launch game or a future deck.
0: Yeah. Expansion pack. Yeah. Maybe you guys can do an adult version later on, like after midnight kind of thing um, as well. I absolutely love the idea. Um, Is there anything else you guys want to share with the audience before uh, we sign off?
1: Yeah. Just respect your partners. Love them as you love yourself. Do this because you want to enrich your community, whoever you're serving in your business, you know, do it not for the money or the fame or anything like that, but because you're a servant to making these people's lives better. That, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what gets me fighting harder than ever. So that that's what I would add. Yeah, and I, I'm
2: just going to reemphasize the point of this game is to be fun and fundable and continue that singularity in your life because the biggest achievers in the world have one identity. They understand who they are and who they're not and they own both very well. And I think that The life I lived for most of my life was a dichotomy, you know, and, you know, I just didn't ever have those deep connections in my life and I felt misunderstood and I felt that I just, uh, you know, was cut from a different cloth when in fact, as soon as I began to combine my you know, fun life and then my work life and made sure that they were one and the same. And I enjoyed the people I hung out with every day and worked with. And, you know, it's just around like you're the people that you hang around most will impact you the most. Mm-hmm. You are the sum of your five closest friends, the five people that you hang around most. And so if you want to be a well-rounded character that makes money, has fun, travels or whatever your dreams are as a person, you know, you have to make sure that's everybody around you is on the same path as that if you look at their trajectory and your trajectory at the same time are they aligned and if they're not aligned then maybe renegotiate with yourself who do you allow in your life Mm -hmm. and when you play pitch deck it should be a mixture of all different you know types of people that come from different backgrounds. And I think that to be a well-rounded person, like if all of my friends were just one type of entrepreneurship, we'd be in this think tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I loved playing this game with my mom who actually like kicked my butt because she, she has some dirty humor and <laughs> <laughs> thought that, you know, uh, there's a couple of cards in here that like at a left field, she just thought was hilarious. And I got so much she found respect for me. I found respect for her. Mm-hmm. There's just like this like, understanding yeah. that happens when you know, you're, you're in your light. Yeah. So live your light every day. Surround yourself with people yeah. that recognize that and support that. And be sure that you're all on the same path together.
0: Tim and Austin, yeah, no, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you guys on the show, sharing your guys' knowledge, um, and launching this product out to market. I I think there's a lot more value, you know, that people will be able to get from even having a game like this, uh, bringing it into their homes, playing with their friends and just sharing in, in that experience. And hopefully they all become future entrepreneurs, uh, as well, and then be able to join our community. Um, and then we can all play together. Um, Yeah. So thank you guys so much for jumping on. Uh, For those of you out there, I'm going to provide the information and the links on my website um, about Pitch Deck, the game. Definitely go in and check it out. They shot a very fun and cool commercial for it as well, explaining the game, um, a little bit of a history about the co-founders and just overall, you know, what it's about. So go on over and check it out and make sure you back the project and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening until the very end. You can find more information about my guest on the website at yfactorpodcast.com. I'll provide any links and promo codes that were mentioned in the interview. A full transcription of the interview is also available on the website. Share with your friends and tune in next time for another episode of The Y Factor.